This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I'm here with Lena Rekdal, the immigration and relocation expert from Sweden. Lena is the founder and CEO of Nimergen, an employment-based immigration and relocation company where she and her team help companies successfully move employees to Sweden with her in-depth knowledge and experience of global mobility and relocation to Sweden. She founded her company in 1995, about 30 years ago, so she indeed has lots of experience in this field. Lena also has experience in living abroad since she was very young. She was born in Tunisia and grew up in Tunisia, Sweden, and Switzerland. She studied in the U.S. for her bachelor's degree and in the uh, in the U.K. for her master's. After her studies, um, she moved back to Sweden, and now she's helping amazing talent move to Sweden with her expertise. I personally lived in Sweden for a year, and I absolutely love the country, the culture, and people in Sweden. So I have tons of questions uh, for her about Sweden. And not only that, I'm super curious about her journey of growing up in so many different countries uh, since she was young. So I'm super excited about our conversation today. Welcome to the show, Lena. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. <laughs> Yes, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, okay, I've got a lot of questions. Uh, but first, I want to ask um, your your personal journey, your experience of living abroad. So um, as I mentioned in the intro uh, briefly, you were born in Tunisia and grew up in Sweden and, and Switzerland. And when were you, how, how old were you? And, um, you know, I, I bet like growing up in different countries, you know, I'm sure you had to adjust a lot, you know, different countries, cultures and stuff like that. So can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, your experience? Of course, I was actually born in Carthage in Tunisia. Um, my father worked there on an infrastructure project. So my parents lived there for a couple of years. So I was just over two when I moved back to Sweden. And all I remember, or all my parents have told me, um, was that I really missed watermelon because I ate that every day when we lived in Tunisia. And I presumably, I can just imagine that I was cold. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when we moved to Switzerland, it was because my father took an MBA in um, in Switzerland at Imidi. And we lived in a house that was named Chalet de Miroir. And that's where I have some of my first memories, I would say. Our mm. house was on fire by a fondue uh, kettle once during a party. And I also started kindergarten, or not kindergarten, I started school because I was five. <gasps> and that was serious business. It was a difference from the Swedish uh, kindergarten that was more play than learning. And I remember not knowing the language, but I also remember using that to my advantage, even when I knew they were actually saying, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so that was useful. And we moved back to Sweden when I was six. And then I had to go back to kindergarten and then start school. So, but it was a really wonderful year. Um, that's when I learned to ski and we had a really nice time as a family. 
and we had cows below our um, <gasps> below our house and you know below our garden. So I really enjoyed oh, that. Cows, cows. What in Sweden or in Switzerland? No, 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 just in Switzerland. In Switzerland, yeah. cows everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and cows, snow, cheese, all the <laughs> stereotypes. But it was a really nice country to live in, and we've spent a great deal of time there afterwards. So wow. it always feels like home. I've never been to Switzerland, but you know, just like looking at the photos there, it's just like a fairy tale, right? It's yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it really is. My father is Norwegian, and Norwegian, Norway, and Switzerland has a, have a similar culture, or, mm. or similar nature. You know, high mountain range, water, lakes, fjords. Mm. So, so Swiss and Norwegian people really like each other and their oh. and their nature and they're very they're kind of, they're very comfortable very similar in each other oh, oh okay i didn't know though interesting okay so you went you went back to you came back to sweden and then so i guess like you studied in sweden until uh you decided to study in the u.s afterwards yeah yes so the next step and this was also a family move actually it was after high school mm -hmm. so i had graduated high school and my father had been, when he was young, he and he grew up in Norway, Norwegian. Um, he was uh, headhunted and offered a full scholarship by MIT in the US. In oh, Boston. wow. And mm. he, um, he really enjoyed that time of his life. And so he always wanted to go back and he got a job in the US and the whole family got a green card. And uh, it was also the time when I was going to university. So it was very good timing from a moving perspective. And mm. so that was my first professional relocation as a client. <laughs> and, and it was just wonderful. <laughs> we were so well taken care of. They moved everything for us, dog, horse, boats. Um, and it was a phenomenal move. And oh, wow. for me, and I think for my whole family, it was a game changer. Yeah, and also like, a, you know, I mean, like entering MIT alone is very difficult, but getting the scholarship from MIT, that's a huge deal. Like no reason to not to go to the U.S., right? Everything is going to be taken care of, you know, relocation-wise. Yeah. I'm sure it was a smooth transition, I, I assume. And you yeah. got the green, green car, so like no reason to, you know, not to go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was really, we were super well taken care of. Mm -hmm. that's that's really good and then how was so you were so you so after high school you went to the u.s for the university so but but before before that you've you you live in europe right so how compared to you know america how 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 different was it like was it something that you expected or did you miss sweden from time to time <laughs> Um, I would say it was so, it was such a fun move mm. and everything was bigger. The cars were bigger, the houses, the yeah. portions of food, um, people spoke with louder voices mm. and it's, it was, they were so welcoming and it was, uh, and I'm going to university. I met people that I speak to every week still. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a wonderful time, I have to say. And it, 
I love the optimism and the positivity in the US. You don't know, gloomy Betty doesn't really get a, a lot of space there. You know, they always see opportunities. And I think for me at that age, that was um, made a lot of things in my life possible that I wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't been infused mm -hmm. with this optimism, can do, mm. risk taking, mm. having the guts to try things because that wasn't mm. the way I was brought up. Mm. It was much smaller. So it widened the way I was thinking and the way it opened the world to me in many ways. And um, mm -hmm. so I'm super grateful. I lived there for seven years and I had the best time. Yeah. I mean, my you parents know, when lived you, there for you... 27 years. So I kept going wow. back, you know, every year <gasps> for a long time. So wow. they stayed um, until they were quite old. Wow. Wow. Okay. When you mentioned, you know, the, uh, the energy, the optimism and enthusiasm can do attitude. I could totally like relate to that because like American culture, mm -hmm. everything is possible. We can do it. That kind of energy. Mm -hmm. I love that too. Absolutely. Okay. And then, um, and then, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you study in the U S and also UK as well. Is that, so you yeah. moved to the UK yeah. after the U S um, well, I actually first moved back to Sweden and that was a culture shock. It was not so easy to come back where, where everything is set and you do something in a specific way and finding an apartment was extremely difficult. I moved six times in 18 months. I, and, um, How is 18 months? Wow. That's a yeah. lot. <laughs> it's a very difficult housing market. It still is. <laughs> and this was in 1991. And I moved to Sweden on the 15th of January when the war in Kuwait started. So it was a scary airplane ride because I didn't know what I would wake up to, or what, what I would land to, into uh, going back to Europe. So, but I lived in Europe or in Sweden then for a year and a half but I wanted to continue my education. And I was thinking about mm -hmm. MD in Switzerland was one option, but I ended up wanting to stay in the uh, American university system. Mm -hmm. So I went to a US university in London and uh, studied for my MBA. And that was so much fun also. And it was nice to, to you know, get acquainted with the UK it's very different mm -hmm. from the US um, mm -hmm. and maybe, and also from Sweden, it's like the perfect transatlantic, uh, you know, oh. it's like a, you know, a stepping stone between Sweden, mainland Europe and the US. Oh, and I had a, a great time there. And then I moved back to Sweden and it was in a recession. It was really hard to get a job, also mm -hmm. hard to get a place to live. Um, mm. And then eventually I, figured I had that entrepreneurial spirit that's in my DNA, I think. Um, and I figured if it's hard for me to move back to Sweden, I grew up here, I know Swedish, I went to high school wow. here, but I had moved as a teenager, I came back as an adult. So I had missed like the, you know, the growing up steps in a way that where mm. you slowly but surely learn and understand what it's like to be an adult and where you find things and where you register and all these these things so i figured if it's difficult for me it must be impossible 
for a foreigner to move to Sweden because you don't have that information handy. And I also found it extremely frustrating because when I said, well, I want to do this, this is the way I want to find an apartment. And they just said, no, that can't (laughs) be done. And being, having an American mindset, everything can be done. It can be done better. So that's where I brought with me that was also, so I started interviewing Swedish big companies that had a big diverse workforce to, because I wanted to write a book, which is also what I did. Mm. I wrote a book that was called The Newcomer's Practical Handbook to Sweden. And this just to take out the kinks in the system, who do you call, where do you go? How can you find, how can you make the most of your stay in Sweden? And I wanted to open that up to other people that have moved back, only I knew the language. So I had friends to ask, but they don't. So I sat down with the HR department set, let's say um, all the big A-listed Swedish corporations Hmm. that had a diverse workforce already then. This is right after we entered the EU. Um, So Sweden wasn't part of the EU before before that. So this is back in 95. And rotational programs with trainees become common, etc. And when I spoke to them, I said, how do you help your foreign staff? They were like, Oh, <laughs> it's so <laughs> difficult. We have so many yeah. problems with this. <laughs> Please write that book. We're going to buy a thousand copies. And, you know, we, we, we try to help them, but we don't really know what they need to know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, so that was the embryo. And that's what actually became the company that I'm running today. It's the same. We changed name along the way. We were called newcomers in the old days. But we changed, I don't know, five, six years ago to an immersion. And so I wrote that book and it quickly turned out, this was also pre-internet, almost. (laughs) Um, And so when I released it, I think I released it on the 20th of June. And then the law changed around whether you had to report to the police station when you moved to Sweden on July 1st. So it was... This was maybe this, yeah. So it was immediately out of date. So I did three editions. The last one was 10,000 copies. Wow, clap, clap, clap. Thank you, thank you. And I had a lot of people helping me. So for instance, the old Anderson consultant uh, consulting that later became Accenture, they helped me with some tax advice. Um, KPMG was talking about other things related to uh, legal aspects and, and income mm-hmm. and tax statements, etc. And, mm-hmm. and people wrote from an expert perspective and so on. So it was, it was actually a pretty good book when I, when I look back at it. Um, but eventually it turned into, it's impossible to keep it up to date. So now mm-hmm. the, uh, that book is basically on our customer support pages for our clients mm-hmm. and um, and has been since 98, probably, or something like that, mm-hmm. because you can, mm-hmm. books become obsolete very quickly and the internet's uh, evolution happened. So, and then uh, companies, these companies also started calling me and say, can you help us? 
Mm. Can you help us? Our people, they don't have anywhere to live. And I'm like, I know all about that. <laughs> it's not very easy, but I, I have the time to do it, which an HR doesn't have. Mm. Or mm -hmm. an expat, not knowing the language, not knowing anybody. It's very difficult mm -hmm. to do. So that's um, what started. I also did immigration from the very, very beginning, which was vastly different from what it is today. And and that's how this company it just kind of happened. It wasn't my plan. My plan was to live six months of the year in New York City, where I had lived for a long time and really enjoyed. And the summertime in Sweden when it was not so um, hot as it gets mm -hmm. in in New York <laughs> State in the summer. Um, so all of a sudden, I had a company and. It was wow. the entrepreneurial journey is it's not easy. Um, I had many sleepless nights. I didn't know, will I mm -hmm. make it? Can I, you know, support myself? Can I support other yeah. people? And, you know, all mm -hmm. these things that entrepreneurs think about, but it's been so much fun. Wow. <laughs> I'm like blown away right now. <laughs> Your whole journey. Uh, I knew a bit about it already, but like just listening from you, it, it feels very different. It, uh, it feels really, I'm really inspired now. Um, but like, first of all, like, you know, I, I think I, I told you before, uh, I lived in Sweden for a year. I lived in Yonjoping. I went to Yonjoping University for a year as an exchange student to study abroad. And uh, if I knew back then that like <laughs> your book, I would have purchased it because <laughs> back then I went, yeah, I studied like in 2006. No, was it 2007? Yeah, 2007. And then oh. there was, and I'm originally from South Korea. There was no information about Sweden. I decided to go to Sweden because it's very exotic and I was thinking when am I gonna go there let's go you know um but like if I knew that like and then like back then like internet was not like this you know like it's not like you go somewhere you find all the information not like that so you know if I if I knew your book back then I would have like purchased it hundred <laughs> percent yeah. So what did you oh. think was the most interesting thing about moving to Sweden? Wow. So it so Sweden so for me um the initial part was it just sounds very exotic. It sounds very like it's Nordic country, you know, because you know, I, I it, may, it might sound really silly. I was imagining like, you know, blonde people riding bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It sounds so silly, but like that's the image. And then like salmon and you know, th those kind of stuff. And then like it's just like Sweden just like makes me feel like, oh, like so peaceful. I just, I don't know, welfare system, like peaceful, like I don't know, safe. And that's just like a, some couple of kind of image that I had uh, about Sweden. But I was lucky because my, my university has a lot of international students, like from all over the world, like so many European, like, like, of, of course, Europe, but like Asia as well, like so many, like in, many international students. So it was very, uh, quite easy uh, adjustment for me because of the environment. But I, uh, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know, like how other people think about like, for me, uh, it was quite it was not that difficult like how to say it 
I love Swedish people. They are they are very curious about other different cultures that which I really appreciate. So I guess like, you know, they really open up to me and they really it was quite yeah, I still have like good number of Swedish friends and then they're very nice and um yeah, it just I really had a really great time. One of the best time in my life, you know, studying in Sweden. So, you know, that's why, you know, I I wanted to invite you to on a podcast because I'm sure, you know, there are many people who are curious about Sweden either for study or work or whatever, right? So, I wanted to kind of like learn from you and, you know, I want, you know, our listeners to kind of like, you know, like hear your expertise <laughs> directly. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I mean, like you know, it's been almost thirty years uh, since you found like your your company Nimergen and helping like you know uh, talent relocate to Sweden. Like in your from your experience, what would you say some of the uh, kind of like benefits? or quote unquote, I guess a selling point, I don't know, like yeah. for foreigners, you know, to, to relocate to Sweden. Um, I would say you touched upon some of them already, like the Nordic lifestyle. Um, I think what I wouldn't normally talk about and what I think are the people, the talents that move to Sweden actually really enjoy is the accessible nature. In many countries, mm. they're densely populated and you don't really get access to the woods or to a lake. Or, and in, if you live in the middle of Stockholm, you can stand next to a cow in 15 minutes. So mm. it's that's how close the countryside actually is, even in our capital city. And what I find personally is very exciting is our four clear seasons. We have a winter mm. with snow. We have a spring that is very slow. <laughs> it can be a long-winded um, thing, but you, you get the lights. And, and um, the light is very, we, we always talk about the dark winters, but we forget mm. to talk about the very light summers that you have also experienced yeah. when you can't sleep. <laughs> yeah, It's dark for 15 minutes between 2.15 and 2.30 in the morning and that is something that people are unused to and that was mm. probably the one thing i missed the most when i lived in the mm. us actually it's the light oh. in the summer oh. and we love lamps and, and i remember once uh, i'll get back to the seasons summer clear summer months um not as hot as it is in the rest of europe um but you can still swim, you can be outside. We love summer and an amazing fall with the foliage, the yellow and red leaves and hiking and kayaking mm -hmm. and, and also really being able to access nature. I think that's one of the things that people really, really enjoy about moving to Sweden. <clears throat> Another thing would be the innovative um, corporate life. It's very, mm. a lot of innovations, a lot of tech startups, med mm. tech. It's an exciting environment to work in. Mm. And we have very flat organizations. So mm. if you are a young, ambitious person, you can have a fast career because everybody is involved 
in decisions and in meetings. So even very junior people get invited to high level meetings. So it's a oh, wow. great place to learn. You really get access to bright minds and senior people mm -hmm. in a way that I think is quite unusual. So those are some of the reasons that people choose to move to Sweden. We have lots of exciting companies and currently we have mm. a climate. Uh, everybody is talking about the climate and energy solutions, so of course, but mm -hmm. really in the forefront in some mm -hmm. specific areas. So we have a boom right now. So there's a lot of influx mm. of people actually from South Korea, because that's where the battery experts oh. are, South Korea oh. and Japan. Oh, good so, to know. Yes, good to know. So, uh, and they like it here, so that's good. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And what else? I think what people are happily um, enjoying early on is like very friendly and nice in the office. It's low hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks to everybody. Everybody is invited mm -hmm. to Fika, which is... Oh, probably not as common anymore, but in, in the old days and something I noticed when I came back to Sweden, certainly at 10.15 every morning, everybody gathers around the coffee machine and has have a little oh. chat and the same thing at 3.15 and oh, wow. it just fosters the community. Yes. So oh. twice a day. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, I like it. That, yeah. <laughs> so... And, and just that the abundance of things to do with, mm. you know, you can climb a hill, not a mountain, but a hill, um, cross-country skiing. Mm. There's so many different sports you can try out. And the four seasons mm. give you such a variety mm. of things. So if you don't like snow, that's fine. It's only three months. Mm. <laughs> and then you move on to the next wow. season. Mm, wow, super interesting. I I love Sweden. I'm sure you know that you know. I'm sure there are many many benefits uh, relocating to Sweden. Um, you know, and and uh, I. But at the same time, I also want to talk about like some of the uh, the most common challenges for newcomers when they first relocate to Sweden, uh, especially for the first couple months. From your experience, like your clients. Um, what are some of the uh, aside? Like I guess, like housing is. I guess you 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 mentioned a little bit there, but like, yeah. what types of like other challenges do they do they face? Um, I think when you move to Sweden, you should be a little bit strategic on the timing. Mm -hmm. So people who move December first, they have quite a long stretch of the dark yeah. part of the year, and if you're sensitive to that, you know it's better mm -hmm. to move in March. <laughs> because then it gets lighter and lighter and you, you feel at home by the time you know it gets dark again but um, well the housing uh, is, is a challenge and this is also the reason why we have for many many years uh, we have home on arrival so mm. you're not you know you don't have to understand and learn a new housing market you don't oh. walk around you don't have to listen to all your co-workers horror stories about finding a place to live yeah. and that goes for everybody it's for both for swedes um moving mm. within their own city or from other parts of sweden and also coming in from abroad so it's just to take to remove that 
is one of the things that we have found very successful. I think otherwise it's very much the same challenges that you have when you're new. And we have a language that is very easy for Finns, Norwegians and Danes, but not really for anybody else except from the Dutch because they pick up any language in about 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but most, most people don't. <laughs> and then you have a language barrier. And most of our signs are in Swedish. So you yeah. don't really, we also have a queuing system that I'm sure you notice that when you go to the pharmacy, mm -hmm. you take a number or you stand in line in many places. There's a lot of lines um, in Sweden. And that is something that most people are unused to. And it's easy to make a mistake, but you probably only do that mm -hmm. once because somebody will tap you on the shoulder. <laughs> you, know. you need a cue. Get the number. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're like, where was that thing? <laughs> I didn't see it. And also you're not used to it. You didn't expect it, right? Exactly. So there, exactly. th those types of things will always be a challenge. Slow authorities. Mm -hmm are a challenge and Sweden is a country where all administrative systems are hinged upon your local registration. So mm. right upon arrival, and we usually pick up people when they come from the airport and that's the first oh, thing we that's do. That's so good. Oh gosh. That's so <laughs> you don't good. want to waste an hour <laughs> yeah. that because it will exactly. eventually give you a Swedish personal number, which is your date of birth plus four digits. And uh, that unlocks everything for you. So when you have mm. those four digits, you can open a bank account. You yeah. can put your kids in school for kindergarten or school. You mm. can get a phone, internet. Uh, what else can you get? An ID card, that's very good to have. Mm. You, can, you can get a gym card without having to yeah. pay as you go, etc. So that, and you can go to the doctor uh, and so on. And the PIN, the personal identification number, doesn't only unlock that you can get things, but it also unlocks a, a, a lot of benefits. So the kindergarten is actually very, very inexpensive. Uh, I think it's about a hundred euros per month. No, depends on the corona, it fluctuates. So, but it's about a hundred euros per month, which That's is obviously That's pretty good, hundred dollars per month, wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, they get a free lunch and they get, you know, snacks during the day. They have qualified staff. It's, you know, even people who like to complain, most people, it's very difficult <laughs> to complain at daycare because wow. it is phenomenal. And mm. a really, really, really good place for kids to be. I think mm. um, one thing for dual career couples, it can get a little bit dull in the beginning, unless you have a job. Mm. But I've mm -hmm. seen both people, if, if you know English, you have a good chance. And probably if you have soft uh, software skills, coding, mm. tech skills, it's not hard to find a job. It's quite quick. I've seen people do it mm. in three days. I've also seen people not being able to get a job for a long time. So it depends a little bit yeah. on your credentials and if you mm -hmm. have uh, a job in need. And my recommendation would be to, there, you get by 100% on English. Mm. Very oh. few places where you can't, 
actually make things happen or make yourself understood. <clears throat> but you have a lot more fun, obviously, if you know Swedish. And I know yeah. people, and we have people that I've worked with over the years. We've had many Americans um, on staff, and they are the slowest to learn Swedish mm-hmm. because they really don't have to. <laughs> they, get <by> very <coughs> they get by very easily. But I would say as a recommendation, there are so many great online companies where you can learn before you come. So if you are familiar with a couple of hundred words, 500 words, so you can say and understand some basic phrases, you will have a much better time when you when you land because you will feel better and you will recognize. And we have that on our customer support pages. You know, the, the most common signs, you know, this is the pharmacy oh, sign. This is the way oh, it yeah. works. This is where you can buy wine. These are the mm-hmm. most common grocery stores. Mm-hmm. This is what a post box looks like. If you can hardly find them anymore because there are so few. <laughs> but, but if you need to post something, you want to know what they look like. And um, so I would say you can prepare what we have, which is really fun is we created a few, this is a bunch of years ago, maybe five years ago or something like that, a training session or an educational system that is called uh, Expat Success. Oh. And it's meant to, and we have three modules. So it's pre-move, you know, what to think about, what to prepare, what to look into, and it can be easy things like start getting accustomed to change. So take another route to work or um, pick a dish that you would never choose in a restaurant and try it. <laughs> so you get accustomed to new tastes, smells, ways to work, thing, way of doing things. And of course, what to pack, um, put your marriage certificate in the top box because it's the first thing you will need to unpack. So you don't want that in box 60. Um, so, so, you know, very pragmatic and a preparation. And then we have uh, about 30 short films with interviews of expats that work in Sweden and what did they think, oh. what were their perception, you know, what was oh, easy, nice. what was hard. Uh, HR people, this is what we expect from Mm. somebody who moves in and becomes part of our team. And there are some basic stuff, like people expect you to be very punctual. And that varies in different uh, places in the world. For some, for Mm -hmm. this person, you don't have to talk about that. (laughs) 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 They're they're even more punctual than Swedes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How to dress at work, how to figure it out, you know, how to prepare for your first day, etc. And then also how to enjoy life. So expat inspiration, that's what it's called. Um, it was so long ago since I created this, <laughs> but, but so there, there are, and there are many other things you can do. Our clients get it as a default, but there are also, um, I would say the online language courses, that's something you should really, they're inexpensive and it will make a big difference mm. for how you feel. Another thing that I think is interesting because for, there are corporations that 
ranks loyalty to the company higher than if this is a good move for you. Oh, what was that? Sir? It's, can, can you, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a sign of loyalty and commitment to the company. If you oh. have never been in the location, you are offered a job and, not, and you're going to. And, oh, wow. and this kind of, it goes against research um, on how the human being works. And also from our perspective, we always talk about a holistic relocation. It should be good for the person, should obviously be good for the company. Should also be good for family members, and that's the aim to make it a win-win. Exactly. Swedish uh, Karolinska Institute, which is a hospital, they did this early. So I got my hands on this early in the '90s, which was good because it's always inspired me. That you know, you, I'm sure you've seen the curve how you move to a new location and everything mm-hmm. is like up here. It's just great. It's like an extended honeymoon. It's you yeah. know, a long vacation. <laughs> it's just fantastic. And then it's yeah. a pretty steep decline. Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely, by nine months approximately, right. you're back to being mm-hmm. yourself and understanding things and feeling comfortable mm-hmm. in your environment. But if you actually go on a preview trip and have a few days and you've seen you know, gotten accustomed to the place, the smell, have maybe done a local orientation with somebody who can unlock the mysteries and that you, you know, open up opportunities. You know, why is this a great move for you? Based on what you have told me about yourself, I will help you find things that will make your time here pleasant. Oh, and that's really and nice. That's, I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is a great research report, and we have every reason to believe that it is. I think in the U.S. they have quite a bit big churn of people. They move to other countries quickly for a variety of reasons. They don't like it, and they move back home. And they say it's about a million dollars or maybe even a million and a half dollars of lost, a loss to have a failed relocation. For, for individ- so to individuals? Yes. The, or- no, not for the individual, oh. for the company. For because it's Companies. a huge oh. investment. And usually yeah, you say like a big mm-hmm. deal relocation, about 43 people are involved in making that a success or a fail, usually. Uh, and you need to really think it, it, it's demanding also from the person who's mm-hmm. moving. And mm. if you're moving to something, not from something, that's a big difference in whether you're Oh, I like that. Oh, gosh. That's, oh, my <laughs> gosh. I love that. I, I've never heard of that from anybody. If you're moving, oh, wow, if you're not moving from, what, if, you're, if you're moving to something, it's not moving from something. Yeah. I love that. Because if you're moving that. to something, you have mm-hmm. looked into it, you're, like you said, I wanted the Nordic lifestyle. I wanted to try yes. that. You know, yes. you had a positive, optimistic attitude when you moved and you were looking for the good things. If you're moving from something, then the two isn't as important because you're in a departure mode rather than an arrival mode. And then an arrival mode is much more fun. So that's what we try to cultivate along the way to get 
people curious about their new life. We and and whenever you move to another country, there's a lot of administration. It's irritating. Yeah. It's frustrating. If you don't get internet, I mean that's just that does not work today. It mm. could but fifteen years ago or even twenty years ago, it could take like a month and a half before you had internet mm. at home or a mm. phone. So you can imagine what a lousy start of things <laughs> that was. Mm. But fortunately the cell phone came around that time. <clears throat> but so that's that's a huge thing of what we do. We try to debug things. Always said you don't need to know how to set up a utility account because that happens once. And if we do it for this person, they never have to know <laughs> how incredibly <laughs> complex that is. Yeah. But <laughs> all they know is that I can turn on the lamp, I can make a phone call, mm. and I can watch TV. And I have a learned yeah. one if I'm worried. So. <laughs> So that's basically what relocation companies do. They try to make it a very positive experience. And having um, Sweden as a country, I think we have a lot, you know, just the baseline is very good. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. It's yeah, easier 100%. for us than in a, a very mm-hmm. crowded city on, on top of a Wow. Yeah. Like I just, yeah, such a good point. I mean, you know, I, you know, I be, I strongly believe that like what you do is super important for both individuals who are moving to Sweden, but also for companies, because as you said, like, you know, if individual fail to, I guess, like settle down in Sweden, for example, here, like, I think you referred to us statistics there earlier, but then like, there's a loss for the company, but like relocation company, make sure the individual actually move to Sweden with ease and for, you know, so that they can actually concentrate and focus on the work and have a great life in Sweden. So it's a, you're kind of like you're 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 making both sides and win-win uh <laughs> choice. So that's that's really good. Yeah. I um I learned quickly uh also because one of my first clients was in a US family and mm. they were he was going to become the CFO I think for a big American company. This was during the time when you still had large multinational corporations and the US and UK would send out their people to sort of um, Mm -hmm. oversee the operations in a variety of countries. That's less common now. Um, They had three children, they were going to the international school, which is costly. And they were looking for a house. We found one on this preview trip. Uh, It was him and his wife. And the company gave him a company car because the um, company was located sort of outside the city. So you needed a car to get there. But what happened was that when she figured out that she was going to take three kids, a baby and two children to the international school in the morning, go back home with that baby and do this on a bus and a train, then the whole thing fell. And they went back home. And at this time, I didn't, hadn't learned yet because I, this was maybe my fifth assignment ever <laughs> um, that I should have given the, the company a call and just said, give her a car and you will be fine. Mm. 
she will be yeah. happy, but this is not a sustainable way for her to live in Sweden. And she, they mm-hmm. came from the US where everybody has a car. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's like moving to a country and be told you can't have shoes. You know, yeah, it, it's exactly. that important. It's mm-hmm. so far off to not have a car. So it, it's totally mm-hmm. unreasonable. But for Swedes, that wasn't um, at all the case because everybody used the, the metro. And, you know, it doesn't mm. matter who you are, if you're old, young, kids go by themselves. Mm. And, and so we had a completely different mindset. And I should have been able to bridge that gap. But that's, you know, kind of the thing you learn along the way. And so that was a failed relocation. I think they came and looked in August. Uh, and the next candidate that they found for preview trip was six months later. So which meant that this company mm-hmm. had a major issue with the CFO position for that long. Mm, so, yeah. and local HR should always also, of course, have picked, picked up on this. But so that's, I don't know if that's the way the Americans, when they have this calculation, if the sort of the loss of having a position filled, an important position filled. Um, but so you really have to think holistically. It has to work for everybody. Yeah. 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 And then like, yeah, like the solution that you suggest is just like, yeah, give her a car. Like that, you know, that's like the, yeah. You know, that that's like, uh, yeah, that's so true actually. Um, because like, especially I think, uh, when whole family moves to a new countries, uh, it becomes way more difficult, I think, especially with kids and stuff. Yeah. Schools and everything. Um, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. People worry yeah. more, especially even, mm-hmm. um, because there are, there's not one person or two people. It's maybe four or five that should have a good life. And how does this affect, you know, if you, we see that people with children, teenagers are not as prone to move because moving between school systems yeah. can be tricky. And if you are having an expat life, then what we always try to figure out is where will your desired next location be? So oh. you think already today about school tomorrow in five years and 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a, a way to make it consistent? So you don't have to go from the British school system to the German to, to the Spanish oh. or something. But oh. we see a lot of people stay in Sweden. They like it. Yeah, I, so. I love Sweden. I was, uh, yeah, I was very happy with, uh, you know, my, my, my time in Sweden. It was just like a year, but it was, I, I loved it, honestly. Especially, yeah, I just said, I didn't think about that, but like clear summer and clear season, that's actually really true. Summer, super clear. Summer, yeah. like I, 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 I remember I, tend, I, I ate more in summer because it's so bright. <laughs> <laughs> Keep like I keep forgetting how what time it is. <laughs> I keep eating. Yeah. Uh, but winter is super cozy and you know um, as well. So yeah. Well, thanks Everyone for thanks. Yeah. Place. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing. Um, you know, so many like you know stories and like your your expertise on on the podcast. I appreciate it. I'm sure you know, especially anyone. I know that like Sweden and Denmark, like these Nordic countries, are very like popular these days. <laughs> well, always has been, but like more people are really getting more interested in Sweden and also because like you know in Sweden, I remember like 
Swedes speak English very well. Uh, so it's very, you know, I guess like on that, like the language part, of course, better to speak Swedish, but like you can communicate, you know, in English uh, um, right away. So that's, that's actually makes it easier for, you know, newcomers in Sweden. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for sharing. Uh, just uh, one last question. I ask this question to everyone, um, every guest on this podcast. Uh, what is your life motto? <laughs> um, well, I've been thinking about this and I think it's do it right the first time. Oh. Mm. And this is actually, because I don't have a life motto, that would probably be have fun and experience as much as you can <laughs> or, or something like that, or always have a dog. Um, but <laughs> I think we, we set this, when we walked into the, a recession in 2008, we were thinking, oh my God, we are going to have such a tough year, but we had been very frugal with money, so we knew that we could stay the amount of people we were in the company for a full year without a single client. And we decided to use it um, for quality mm. and improve things. And that, that's when awesome. we said, um, do it right the first time. So we did ISO and we cleaned up all our folders. We did redid all our templates, etc. All that stuff you never have time for. And what we didn't notice was that we grew by 30% that year from a yeah. turnover perspective. That was just something you know, it was covered. But the reason we said do it right the first time was if you make a mistake, it takes three times as long to clean it up mm. as it does. You know, you walk with your coffee cup and if you walk carefully and don't trip, you make it to your desk, and, you know, with, without anything. But if you trip and you hurt yourself when you trip, you break your cup and you have to clean it up. You know, that mm. whole thing takes 20 minutes rather than maybe two minutes. Yeah. So, and, and it's the same in business, you know, be very careful with what you do, do it well. And mm. if you don't get yourself into damage control by not doing it right the first mm -hmm. time. And a lot of things mm -hmm. you can do right the first time. Sometimes you have to learn <laughs> and then mm -hmm. you do it right the second time. So we're not um, expecting people to, to never make a mistake because it's actually a very, very good way of learning things. Mm -hmm. But you don't make the same mistakes. That, oh, that's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. Wow. Do it, do it right. Do it, what, what, do it, do it in the right way. Do it right. Yeah, do it right the first time. Do it right for the first time. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right. Well, thank you so much. So where people can find more about, you know, uh, Emergent, anyone like, you know, maybe like corporations and those individuals, how they can learn more about like Sweden Live, relocation and immigration, anything? <laughs> um, I would say that uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. I post things about four times a week. It gets to be very immigration heavy because it's ah. such a complex and difficult uh, thing. But we also have our immersion LinkedIn page. And we have a great researcher. He puts together really, really fun posts 
oh. everything about how we eat dinner early or this Swedish oh. relationship with the Danes or our music industry and some songs and how many Swedes are in Hollywood. And he really, um, oh, the genius at finding really yeah. fun and interesting posts. So that I would say is a good place to go. And then, then for corporates, our website, and we're very generous with information that's, you know, coming out of a book, you want to share information as easily <laughs> as possible. Um, that was sort of the foundation of the whole company was really information. Yeah. And we have uh, so many corporate clients and we're really fast, we're very customer service oriented. So if they reach out, um, they can find on immersion.com contact sheets they will have an answer within a day, unless it's Christmas Eve or something, then we'll be two days. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. Yeah, I'm going to link everything uh, down in the show notes. So like she's the, you know, when I was trying to look for the Swedish immigration expert, she actually, Lena came up in my search result for the first, you know, as a first person, that's why I reached out to her. That's why I wanted to invite her because I wanted to invite the expert uh, on the podcast. So definitely if you're interested, if anyone's interested in Sweden, in how to immigrate to Sweden, relocating Sweden, anything about Sweden, life in Sweden, uh, go follow her on LinkedIn and follow the company page. I'm going to follow the company page. It sounds really uh, interesting as well. Uh, I would yes. love to see the post. So I'm going to do that too. Yes. And, and yeah. And if anyone who's like the, uh, you know, a hiring manager, HR person working in corporation or working in corporate, thinking of moving their employees uh, to Sweden, check uh, check out the uh, uh, immersion website and then um, submit uh, in the contact form. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> much. Yeah. Thanks so much uh, for your time today. Anything that I missed, uh, we're going to wrap up soon, but anything that you, I missed, anything that, that you want to add on? No, I think we, we we talked about a lot of things that came out <laughs> back here. But uh, no, I think Sweden is a really great place to live. Uh, I certainly enjoy it. I also think it's a good stepping stone to, if you live there for a year or five years or the rest of your life, to go to Denmark, to go to Finland, mm. to go to Norway and experience that the cultures and the food and the nature, it's also a really great opportunity. So for, if people are offered a job in the Nordic mm. countries, they should definitely take the opportunity because oh, it is special. 100%. Yeah. If you already ha are offered a job in Nordic country, 100%. I, I, yeah, 100% go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Lena. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self-Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.